Ann Coulter is. <clears throat> what do you refer to her? Uh, leggy blonde, she fascist. <laughs> she is a uh, conservative voice. She's written books. Um, she's Tongue in cheek, by the way. I don't think she's a fascist. Tall, thin, blonde. Uh, she's on Bill Maher's show a lot. They're friends, actually. He's a way lefty. She's a way righty. But anyway, so she was an early on Trump supporter. She wrote a, a book about immigration that Trump liked um, from very from the very beginning when he launched his campaign. And so she was she was she was she was big on Donald Trump. Well, she's turned on him. And I just think this is kind of interesting with Trump's approval ratings nationally at the highest they've ever been. <clears throat> Um, after the $1.3 trillion spending bill got signed, Ann Coulter tweeted, Congratulations, President Schumer. Wow. <laughs> Last week at Columbia University, she referred to Donald Trump as a shallow, lazy ignoramus. Wow! That's somewhat critical. Uh, most of this is about the wall, by the way, that he hasn't gotten funding for the wall or seems to be willing to back off it or that sort of thing. And then she you tweeted know, any over the- of those three adjectives are fairly hurtful. Lazy, shallow, lazy ignoramus. Wow. And then over the weekend, Ann Coulter tweeted, Stormy says she and Trump had sex only once. I guess if you want the guy to screw you repeatedly, you have to be one of his voters. (laughs) Says Ann Coulter. Wow, that's some finely hewn sarcasm. So maybe that's one place to start. Yeah, wow. Well, he's a deep, industrious uh, font of knowledge. David Drucker of the Washington Examiner, senior political correspondent, joins us. Hello, David. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah, these are uh, these are some sarcastic times we're living in. What's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just following the news and trying to make sense of it all. Yeah, I, I, just, I thought it was pretty interesting that Trump's had got his highest approval ratings he's he's had since he became president. He's somewhere in the low forties in a in a whole bunch of polls, um, and and a lot of the yeah, people. I that, don't, go ahead. I don't know. I don't mean to be spoiled sport here. I don't really think his numbers are all that different if you look at the averages. I mean, he's always. He's generally been in the from the low forties, high thirties, low forties to sort of low mid forties. You know, anywhere from like forty one to forty four. Some of the polls will have him at forty seven, forty eight on occasion. Usually, it's the Rasmussen poll, and then some polls will have him at thirty five percent. I think that's a little bit low, just given the partisan split in the country, and he tends to maintain his his support among Republicans. And so, I, you know, I think forty two. He's basically been at 42 for the breadth of his presidency, and I don't really think too much has changed. It's just that, you know, you have different polls that, you know, one's a little higher, one's a little lower. Do you think he's in any danger, though, of uh, as he, you know, seems open-minded on gun control, for instance, and a lot of the media particularly loved that? Uh, you know, maybe he picks up some people, but he loses some people when he uh, doesn't emphasize building the wall or, or whatever. I think the the president's biggest problem is always his behavior. Uh, look, he was able to win in 2016 because he he brought into the Republican Party uh, working class voters who usually voted for Democrats, and he was able to maintain the upscale suburban voters that are not culture warriors but have voted Republican for a long time because they like lower taxes, a strong national defense, and the biggest threat to, to Trump in 2020 is that the Democrats won't nominate somebody who's under FBI investigation and is about as universally disliked and distrusted as the president is, and all of a sudden it's a different ballgame. Uh, the president's policies, I mean, look, nobody, nobody's bats 100 on the policy front. His issue has never really been policy. Uh, the last president 
his issue was policy, but people liked him personally. With Trump, you know, the policies aren't so bad from a polling standpoint, from a support standpoint. They, just, they don't like the way he acts. His base loves the way he acts. And if he actually moderated his tone, he might grow his base of support. I don't think he'd lose anybody because he's already done enough to prove to them that he's, you know, what they want. But that's just not the way he operates. He knows one speed. And until he suffers a loss of some kind, and and even then, who knows, uh, you know, he's not going to think, he's going to think that it works. Most presidents who win, they think whatever they did worked. Interesting. You know, the the outer 15 to 20 percent of his speech and behavior, I think he could lose. And and as you pointed out, not lose anything, because sometimes the guy's capable of being wildly obnoxious. On the other hand, the tweet storm on DACA and immigration and the border and the rest of it, I heard, you know, I flipped around a lot of the uh, the left wing media this morning and they were going crazy over it. You know, I'm reading this stuff. I think it plays. I think it plays fine in America. I agree. Among voters. I don't know. David, feel free to to agree or disagree. Well, look, again, I don't think the issue is his immigration policies, per se. I mean, there, I, think, I think many Americans think that there's a problem with securing the southern border. I think many Americans think that there's something just basically unfair about people being able to break the law by being illegal immigrants while they themselves can't break the law. In other words, if they don't pay their taxes or something, they're going to get in trouble. And, and, and that's not a good way to run a, a society. People eventually see the inequality in that. They get very upset. Trump. Uh, very aptly tuned into that in his campaign and since. Uh, I, I just think the whole, I don't know that this DACA issue he's been tweeting about the past few days helps or hurts or I, I, I don't really think it does much. I think it's just one of those cases where he has an outburst because he's most comfortable railing against the system rather than using his position as president to work within the system to create the change that he promised he would deliver. So I, I didn't really look at it as, oh, he's hurting himself uh, politically or he's helping himself politically. I, I just think it was sort of Trump being Trump, and, and it was it was canceling itself out. I, I mean, I, I would say this. He's not on the ballot this year, but Republicans in Congress are. To the extent that he spends a lot of his time talking about issues other than the economy and the tax bill, to the extent that he tries to make part of the problem the fact that the Republican-controlled Congress isn't getting things done, it doesn't help them. Mm. How about his Happy Easter tweet? Are you critical of that, too, David? You seem to, you're seem you really down on the president this morning, as, David Drucker. As, as a member of the liberal mainstream media, I'm even critical of the Happy Easter tweet. <laughs> All caps, it's very obnoxious. millions of votes, and I don't <laughs> think it's... I don't understand why he goes on Twitter and offers religious greetings Going con- that, that that are contrary to our, our, our uh, separation of church and state traditions. <laughs> nice try. This <laughs> is this cannot stand. He hey. finally crossed the line. Maybe you he could be removed from office immediately. Maybe ah. maybe you can settle Get for me this. Tom Steyer on the phone. The show. <laughs> Beautiful. Get me Tom Steyer on the da- on the DACA thing, and then I'm I'm ready to stop talking about that. But on the DACA thing, the uh, Trump's claiming that hey, we 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 gave you an opportunity. Democrats don't want a deal; they want it as a campaign issue. Dem- Democrats are claiming more or less the opposite um, that the president never wanted to deal. What's what's the truth on that story? I think everybody's a little bit right and a little bit full of it here. I mean, there's no doubt that Democrats like to wield the immigration issue as a, as a political tool. And it's worked for them at times, not always. 
I think that the president moved further to the center on the DACA issue than many thought were possible. I mean, he, he offered to basically legalize with a path, some long, winding pathway to citizenship for not just the DACA participants, but people who were eligible that never signed up. So that took the number from 800,000 to 1.8 million. And that was pretty stunning to many people. His allies on the right, some of them in the media, you mentioned some at the top of the show, they weren't too happy about it. They're still not too happy about it. Um, and there's a disagreement over who offered what and who reneged on what. So this is a case where, I mean, I don't think you can necessarily fault the president other than, you know, and I'm, I'm nitpicking here in a way, but look, if you're a master negotiator that's going to, you know, do deals where others couldn't, you're still not doing deals where others couldn't. But in terms of setting this up as, well, the Democrats were totally above board and they offered this wonderful deal. I mean, it, it, it's hard to tell. And I, I think what we can say is that they've played hardball on this, just like the president. And I, and I think everybody shares the blame in, in Washington when something doesn't get done. Here, here, David Drucker, senior political correspondent, the Washington Examiner. Dave, good to talk to you. Have a great week. We'll uh, talk soon. You got it, guys. Take uh, it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm looking, you know, it's funny, I had, uh, I checked out of the news mostly for the weekend, enjoyed the hell out of it. God, the weather was beautiful, playing with the dog and running around with Judy and doing fun stuff. Um, And I'd heard about the tweet storm and heard a couple of highlights from it and everything, and now that I'm reading them, I mean, it's very, very mainstream, the opinions expressed. Well, you know, and I'm definitely not talking about illegal immigration uh, much more this morning, but um, it's hot. Todd, everybody's talking about that it. has been what I've been trying to say for years. The controversial, the only controversial position you could take is our current one. Mm-hmm. The the one the president's proposing is not controversial according to any polling. It's not controversial. So the the portrayal of it as, um, I don't know, a, a you know a, a fringe view to want to secure the border and uh, and. And have merit based, and then let the DACA people stay because we're not going to boot them out. That's not fringe at all. That's by far the mainstream position, right? And in short, enforce immigration laws. It stands, yeah, by or far. Change it, not even close. Right. It's a mainstream position, right? And that's the president's position. But when he says it out loud, it's treated in the media as if he's saying something that's crazy. What's crazy is our current situation going yeah. forward every single day. Nobody would ever ever design it, and yet here we are. I had a lot of people outspoken on the text line about me talking to my son about Jesus, either either direction, mm. you know, either either from a not enough, not early enough standpoint or a how dare you standpoint. So, wow, interesting that anyone would take. I guess you asked for input, didn't you? If you were wondering if it's still a controversial subject, it is apparently. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. All right, he's pretty controversial at the time Everybody as well. Huh? Uh, he'd have done a great talk show. Huh? I don't know. You gotta have strong opinions. You gotta yell at people. Yeah. He has more reconciliation, generally speaking. That's true. That's you know, true. whenever he talked about uh, it's another money changers in the temple Monday, then things would get a little fiery. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know that we'll take your scrolls. <laughs> you get it? Hilarious. <laughs> Excellent historical humor. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you, to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. 
Um, got a number of texts uh, reminding me. I remember this from years past that if you have extra Easter candy, there are a number of dentists you can bring it to, and they will ship it to servicemen who apparently want lots of candy. Is that what happens to it? Desert fighting Al Qaeda. Uh, I, I, I guess. I don't know. Okay. So there's that. All right. And, uh, well, I'll save the rest for later. The, uh, the, where the Easter Bunny came from. This one particular version is pretty good. I mean, what the hell's up with the Easter Bunny being the main question. All right. Fair enough. I'm hoping it's charming and instructive. I'm trying to memorize Ann Coulter's phrase for Donald Trump. Shallow, lazy ignoramus. Mm. I'm not going to use that on Trump, but I might use it on a number of people. Wow. He's an SLI. Maybe that'll help you remember. Exactly. Yeah. So, listen, it's funny. I wish I, I, wish I knew Latin. Because I'd come up with a Latin phrase to describe the subculture of media people. That exists in America today. Uh, Because, you know, with the ubiquity of modern media and the ability to send something around the world in the blink of an eye, I think the the media has become a a, a moment, hour to hour factor in our lives in a way it it never was before and probably wasn't meant to be. I mean, you'd read your morning newspaper, but then you'd interact with real human beings all day long. And so the opinion of professional jabbler, jabberers, uh, would you know be comparatively small, but now everybody is on their cell phone all the time. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just the world has been altered in a strange way. But anyway, um, I heard about this. Uh, I actually so one of you uh, fabulous folks uh, emailed a link to the video we're about to play you at mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com. And I watched the video. It's of uh, news talking heads reading something that's obviously scripted for them. And uh, why don't we just play the video? You, If you're not hip to the story, you'll take it in the way I took it in. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble 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 Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. So uh, it goes on and on like that. It's obviously talking heads from all over the country reading the same script while looking at the camera sincerely. And it's one particular media group? Yes, since the Sinclair Media Company, they own, I think it's 193 uh, TV stations around the country. It's actually the largest owner of uh, TV stations. Really? I didn't know that. Who's yeah. yanking the chain, though? I mean, who's uh, who sent that script to everyone? It's their head guy. It's their head guy. And what's interesting about the way I took this in is I listened to the the entire thing, which I could play later if we feel like it. But, um, and it just talks about, listen, this company, we, we don't pass along fake news. We check the facts. Uh, we work very hard to be down the middle and just bring you solid news, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, it's kind of funny because all the news anchors from around the country are looking at the camera with their sincerity and their... Their face jobs and their their fake boobs and their makeup and their wow. square jaws and the rest of it. Well, it's all dismissive talk from a radio person. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's dismissive at best. Anyway, um, I thought, well, that's okay. That's nice. But the you know the the uh, substance of it is fine. Well, then I wake up this morning and and see the uh, the liberal world is going crazy and saying stuff like. How America's largest local TV owner turned its news anchors into soldiers in Trump's war on the media. 
Uh, among the dark ironies of the script these anchors have to read is how they each have to mention their hometown markets as if it's tailor-made for their audience when reality is broad-based propaganda to be spread across the nation without local regard. But the substance of it is absolutely defensible. And the head guy from Sinclair, which is a conservative-leaning company, says, listen, there's all sorts of crap out there. The Pizzagate thing, for instance. That was the first example he gave which was a right-wing bizarro fairy tale. Sure, uh, intended to damage Hillary Clinton. Right. And all he's saying is we don't engage in that and we're proud of it. How does that make him like forcing people into a Trump army? I don't get that. The video is pathetic and embarrassing. Sinclair doing authoritarianism with insidious style. You know, this is so, you know, these are just individuals, and you can get an individual to say anything online, but anybody in the media who says something like that is just a liar. Because in the media, you're always reading various promos and positioning statements and whatever from corporate. It happens all the time, you know? And so I just everybody's got their hair on fire all the time. Watch this video. Read this article. Sinclair Broadcast Group is buying up local stations all over the country and using them to push their extremely biased agenda. Virtually the entirety of the media business is lefty. But is it the, leans left. Is the whole message we're going to try not to pass along fake, fake news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We research stories. We only give it to you if we think it's legit. Okay. So uh, I, I, I could see people reacting this way. Or the media reacting this way if if they had all been reading a message saying illegal immigration is damaging this country or something like that. But yeah. if it's just we're gonna try to not do fake news, I, I don't see a see that as much of a scandal. It's described on Mediaite as a haunting video. Haunting. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Trade war with China. We've got more on that very, very oh, yeah. tragic crash in Mendocino County. Yeah, that's an interesting story. we yeah. got to go through the list of 120-whatever yes. things that... I have them all for you, Jack. ...that are going to be more expensive thanks to China or Trump. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's who's to blame. I suspected as much. German Lutherans in the 1600s came up with the Easter hare or Easter rabbit or became Easter bunny. Mm. The idea that he would, uh, usually depicted with clothes, the Easter bunny back in the old days in Germany. Anyway, he would come to the homes of boys and girls and uh, determine whether or not their behavior was good or bad. And if you're behaving well, you would get uh, candy. And often colored eggs. Wow, so a springtime Santa Claus. It's exactly. An arbiter of good and, 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 and evil. It's almost exactly the same thing as Santa Claus showing up the night before the particular day. Were you good or bad, etc., etc. You know, the idea Freaking of a magic- German Lutherans. <laughs> a magical beast and or personage showing up a couple of times a year to judge your children seems like a good way to keep them in line. I'm in favor of it. Can we make the, uh, you know, the, the, the talking pumpkin or the headless horse? Can we make a jack-o'-lantern somehow yes. the, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> the, arbiter. the watchers of children, too? Tell them, oh, yeah, yeah, those pumpkins are watching to see if you're uh, behaving well. I got it. And if you are, you get candy. If you're not, no. I got to admit, I've never tied Easter to behavior the way we do Christmas. Christmas, obviously, good, naughty list, nice list. Mm. Santa knows when you're being naughty. I've never done that with the Easter Bunny. 
I'm 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 missing out the carrot and stick approach. If you pardon the bunny reference, hmm. um, I'm I'm forgetting the stick part of it. It yeah. was just you automatically get candy because you exist, and the Easter Bunny likes to give out candy. I didn't get any good behavior out of it. I I got to admit, I questioned it various times over the weekend. I was getting ready for this. If this whole thing is just stupid. No, it's I mean, fun and exciting for the kids. I, I mean, had fun as a kid. They're having fun, but just what are we doing here? What is the point of this? What's the point of all this? Hey, fun. Just fun? Yeah. Just yeah. amusement. We're born, we labor, we die. How about a little fun? Just throwing some amusement. Huh? Exactly. Uh, let's get the news with Marsha Phillips. Meanwhile, the clouds of a trade war are gathering. Yes! I like uh, the, the tone of your voice. I don't even know what you're talking about. The but clouds it's of the, That's a great stuff. We just need some sort of music. Some sort of dramatic Winston Churchill's face on the screen style music, don't we? You have anything like that, Michael? Are you still trying to fix this stupid computer? <laughs> Tell me about the yeah. trade war. Say it again, Marshall. Let's see if this works. The though. clouds of a trade war are gathering. Yeah, that's good stuff that's there. That's pretty good, yeah. China raising tariffs on a $3 billion list of U.S. pork, apples, and a host of other products in an escalating dispute with Washington over trade and industrial policy. We get pork and apples from China? No, no, no. no They're no, no, raising no. it on our pork in oh, China yes. that we're trying to sell to them. You. Yeah. Our good red, white, and blue pork. Well, they'd be grateful to receive Indeed. to put in their sweet and sour pork, Indeed. which all Chinese people eat all the time, from my understanding. <laughs> and <laughs> the almonds that we send over there. We've got many millions of dollars worth of almonds going to China. Well, yeah, almonds. I tell you what, I'm going to say almond, because I'm, well, not you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the pork, a lot of this stuff is it's straight out of our listening areas. I mean, it's, it's like yes. big to the economy. Pork, apples, Oranges, almonds, pineapples, grapes, watermelons, cranberries, strawberries, raspberries, cherries, and a host of other items. So the panapules. I, I will get the complete list for you. The panapules, for instance. Yes. I pronounce it that way. <laughs> um, uh, so your concern is, if you're growing panapules, yes, that uh, people will buy less of them because they're more expensive over there. Is exactly. That- yeah, a dollar pineapple is going to be a buck and a quarter in China. Soon. And you're going to think, they can't afford my pineapples anymore. This is going to screw me. They'll buy Chilean pineapples, right. for instance. Anyway, the trade war is on, and the clouds are gathering. They're not. They'll figure it out. All right. Switching or gears. they won't. <laughs> Switching. Now, now you're you're with the trade war the way I am on Easter. Well, just, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. It's just the constant hair on fire thing. It'll be interesting to see unfold. I mean, maybe they settle it. Maybe it comes out better for America. Maybe it was a mistake, but it'll be fine. California authorities say it may have been no accident when a Washington State family of eight plummeted off a cliff in their SUV. The California Highway Patrol says information from the vehicle's software shows it was stopped at a flat dirt pull-off area in Mendocino County, before it sped off the cliff going 90 miles an hour. 90 miles an hour off a cliff. And then how far a drop was it? 100 feet. 100 Into feet. the water? In Under the rocks. By under the, the rocks. Yeah, by the water. Yerg. I don't want to get too gruesome, but is that enough to like kill you on impact? or Does anybody know? It depends what happens. I mean, the thing probably folded up pretty bad. I believe they landed on the roof as well. Yeah. Jesus. So it's two adults, two moms. Yep. And And six six kids. Six adopted children. Neighbor Dana DeKalb telling NBC News there was indeed trouble at the Hart home in Washington State before the crash. They portray this 
happy little family. And yet, you know, the night before, their daughter's telling us, please, 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 begging us not to make her go back and that they are abusing her. That is a claim, though, that some friends of the family have roundly disputed. Jen and Sarah were the most loving two moms that we could have ever seen on this earth, caring for six beautiful adopted children. You're an idiot. So, they were child abusers and torturers and starvers. And then murderers. And there's, there, there's pl- and now murderers. And there's plenty of evidence for that, you sap. So what makes people do that? There's no way they're the most loving couple. What makes what? people do that? And, and it happens all the time. You know, you, you you grow up with the school shooter. I don't think he did it. He's the nicest. Okay. They got pictures of him. He did it. And these women, we they killed their kids. We all know. So why And you, there's documents is it of just, their abuse and neglect. Now, uh, got to throw this in. Is this a they don't want two lesbian moms who have adopted kids to turn out to be murderers? Is yeah. that part of it? Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could tell you who that guy is right now. He's just... He hates it because they're super social justice warrior activist types, lesbian couple, blah, 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 on the front lines of this, that, and the other. The one little lad who is regularly starved by these two paragons of parenthood. Went, the video of him hugging a cop went viral and the rest of it. So, yeah, they don't want to admit that it's a horror show, which is exactly what it is. What an awful show. And What's always weird in anything like this where there's more than one adult involved is... What goes on there? I understand one person being crazy, but what's going on when you got two people being the same sort of crazy? Or well, one was just utterly dominating the other one. Could be. Yeah, I mean, it's like that wackadoo, bizarro, twisted version of Christianity sickos in Southern California who are, you know, doing roughly the same to their kids with them in cages right. and whatever the right. hell else. You know, I don't. I, I don't think. It, it's just it's troubling to me that somebody would defend them because they are somewhat sort of ideologically similar. I mean, what's the matter with you people? And another entirely different note following the fantastic ratings. Almost 22 million viewers for the premiere of Roseanne's reboot on ABC. The network. 22 million the number now. Yeah. That's a huge, huge turn- turnout. Yep. The premiere uh, for the Roseanne reboot got that number. The network is now greenlighting the show for another season. The order is for 13 episodes up from nine in the first installment. be interesting to see uh, what the ratings are second time around. Yeah. But they've already said. What night's that on? The whole country's got. I I think that rating's going to be huge for week two. Buzz building? Because those of us who didn't watch it are are thinking, I got to find out what the hubbub's all about. Right. Um, So what night's it on? I think it's on Tuesday. Double check. I believe that is correct. Sure, it can be nailed down. That's when I watched it last week. I'll bet they're keeping it the same night. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Looking at this story up on uh, today's show. Where your various uh, Alexa devices, your, uh, what do you call it, your uh, Amazon Echo and all, they're, they're programming, programming them to he- listen even more, to hear even more. So if you say, how hot is it outside? They'll just say, 70 degrees. They want thermometers. We need to send them advertisements <laughs> for thermometers. Right, exactly. And you know, it's funny, I only plug mine in when I want to use it as a speaker. I do not plug that thing in. Really? I, I will not have it in my home. My, yeah, my, son's, my son's is on in his room all the time. Well, but I've heard, and maybe you can ask your son, I've heard people say, I'm just sick of the thing because it's always trying to sell me stuff or ask me if I need stuff or whatever. Hmm. And I don't think his is, does that. I don't, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't know. He just plays music on it. Yeah, I've, I've decided it was a mistake. But, but I, don't uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't want one in the living room or whatever where my wife and I are having grown up conversations about the world. Because it absolutely is listening. It listening. hears all. Sure. 
and reports all yes. to Jeff Bezos. If if he if if Alexa hears my son talking to his hamster, I'm not that worried about it. Which I always refer to as a weasel. Because <laughs> it, it, it's a hamster, Dad. Would you like me to order hamster bedding? Have you, hamster food? Hamster wheel? Have you checked the water on your weasel? It's a hamster, Dad. <laughs> um, weasel water. So do we have more uh, products that are going to go way up in price in China? That I could probably bring them, uh, you know, find them. Unless it's not important. If it's not important, How long a list of fruit are you willing to listen to? <laughs> Plus, my dog is mentally ill, speaking of uh, pets, and uh, he's and sp- got OCD. And speaking of mentally ill, how crazy people are. I got a great example of it. Jeez. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tesla stock down 32% from its all-time peak. 23% from its most recent peak in March. Um, Because they're uh, a lot of numbers showing they're, they're having trouble making that Model X as fast as they want. Yeah, quality control issues, I heard. Anyway, and uh, Rasmussen just out with a daily tracking poll. Trump at 50% in the Rasmussen poll. Really? Yeah. Is that the highest number on that poll? Probably. I think so. Uh, speaking of business, back to uh, business for a minute. And it's funny, the Nirvana's there, uh, Michael, at uh, Tune Your Jammin' as we were coming back. One of the best-selling albums of uh, you know our time. Uh, I was just uh, happened to be reading this about uh, the music business. Digital downloads. Had a short run as the top-selling format in the music industry. Last year, well, this year, CDs and vinyl are outselling digital downloads for the first time since 2011. Now, that's got to be confusing because why would I ever download a song? uh, Well, exactly. That's uh, the truth, uh, but not the whole truth. It's nothing but the truth, which is why you swear in court to all three. Oh, that's right. I have jury duty today. Speaking of justice. Congratulations. I'll I'll bring somebody to justice, whether they're guilty or not. (laughs) Um, Send a message. It's because the number of downloads has plunged because everybody's streaming. Yeah, I can't imagine why I would ever download a song. I mean, what would the situation be? I'm going to be... On an island somewhere with no internet, I guess? Well, yeah, I do all the time because I spend a lot of time in the mountains where the connections are terrible, so I want the music to be there. But I haven't downloaded a song in years. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. So uh, a decade after the original iPod came out in 2011, downloads surpassed CDs and vinyl record sales total. But they were overtaken by music streaming services just a few years later. Now digital downloads once again outsold by CDs and vinyl. Of course, vinyl's gone crazy lately. Uh, which is kind of fun and groovy, but you know whether it'll last or not, I I would guess not. I think it's kind of a novelty for a while, but uh, vinyl sales up ten percent to three hundred ninety-five million dollars. Yeah, my kids. There are probably record stores in my hometown that did three hundred ninety-five million dollars. You know, in the nineteen uh, seventies and eighties. But my kids aren't going to live in a world where you own any music. I'm sure. They listen to lots of music. They've never downloaded one. They've never had it. They've never had a physical version of one. Yeah, I suspect you know the connectivity issues that I was whining about. Um, you know, in the mountains will be eliminated before long. Everything will be via satellite. 
Yeah, one way they're going to do it. And and then there will really be no reason to quote-unquote own anything. Maybe drones. USA Today front page today. (laughs) Drones reconnect us after a disaster. We got this plan now where... uh, It just reminded me of a few years ago when any story involving a drone was super hot. The Chinese or whoever, North Koreans, attack all our cell phone towers and bring them down. Probably the Chinese because they they made a lot of them. They probably put in uh, some sort of a secret software. I think we're getting hip to that, though. We're banning more and more stuff, not letting them take over our American companies. I like it. Anyway, if the Chinese uh, bring down our solar system, we've got these drones around the country. <laughs> I'm that... sorry. The Chinese are going to bring down our solar system? That would make headlines. <laughs> our cell cell phone system. Oh, I see. And, uh, and we'll send these drones up in the <laughs> there sky. There goes Jupiter. I knew it. <laughs> They'll sell these drones up in the sky, and they'll be um, well. They'll be flying cell towers, right? And immediately have cities. Okay, you're oh, back up and running again. I love it. It's redundancy in the you know the positive sense. It's a good idea. Military works on this all the time. Is if they take us down here, we go there. If they take us down there, we're going to go here, so we can maintain communication. It's really a really interesting field. I wish I knew more about it, but. I'm an idiot when it comes to science. So. Coming up on a few of the latest in horrifying shootings, and uh, not not the not the horrifying part, really. Mm, not the horrifying part, yeah. really. Well, it's a different sort of horrifying. Yeah. We'll horrify you one way or the other coming up. So, listen, my dog Baxter, who we adopted as a five-year-old, five and a half, um, he's a fabulous dog. Oh, my God, he's a great dog, um, and, and we love him. But he's nutty. He's, he gets obsessive, and he was obsessive about chasing tennis balls, playing fetch. But it was fun. It's fun to get out there with him. He's just crazy. It's fun to watch him to do it. And, and, and it's a great training tool because he likes it so much. That's his reward if he executes a command and stuff like that. So it's, you know, the, Man, the useful it can be and fun. a great way to exercise a dog whilst you sit still in a chair and drink beer. Well, it's one of the great things ever invented. Well, I, Getting you exercise, I don't even have to move. Well, I'm a sucker. I stand on my feet and actually throw the ball. But anyway... He won't play now more than like 45 seconds because he's become completely obsessed with hunting lizards. The lizards are coming out. We live in a place that has plenty of lizards. And he discovered a lizard a couple of weeks ago, probably, on like a garden wall here in our backyard. And now you let him out the back door. He shoots for the wall and he looks for lizards. Look for lizards. Then he runs to the other place there were lizards. Then he runs around the whole backyard looking for lizards. And finally, I get his attention. Baxter, Baxter, let's play. Blah, blah, blah. We, we play for like three, four throws. And then he has the ball in his mouth and then he just takes off and hunts lizards. What's more. he do when he catches the lizard? Well, I'm not sure he's caught any. Oh. The lizards are swift, but uh, something tells me it's going to go poorly for the lizard when he does catch them. Yeah, gross. Well. I don't know. It's the circle of life or the animal kingdom or something. I don't know. Something. Uh, but oh, I've, I've always wanted a dog that would chase a tennis ball because I find that entertaining. I've had oh, plenty yeah. of friends. I'd want. I've never I've owned now. I probably owned 15 dogs in my life and uh, never had one that will chase a tennis ball. Mm. I'm just not interested. He chases it like it's a delicious hamburger, a hundred dollars and an orgasm. I mean, he <laughs> wants that tennis ball more than you've wanted anything in your life until he discovered lizards. I'm hoping the lizard craze. I mean, because there there are lizards everywhere in the summertime at my place. So I'm hoping by like June, he's tired of them because I, I want to go back to playing ball with him. Plus, he's just he's become a nut. Said, you know, anybody becomes obsessed with anything, they become annoying pretty quickly. Maybe he uh, catches one and eats it, uh, and then all of a sudden it's not as entertaining anymore. Hey, well, that doesn't taste that good. I thought that tastes pretty good. That doesn't taste that good. Wow, and it bit me. I thought it'd be delicious, but it's not. Oh, speaking of which, I think we got to do the whole rattlesnake aversion training with him. Because, man, he just, 
He sticks his nose everywhere. And, uh, living where we live, that's a really bad idea. Oh, well. So, a couple of the worst shooters in the last couple of years. There are some side stories related to the Pulse nightclub shooting and the Nicholas Cruz, Florida shooting that mm-hmm. are really weird and interesting. Disturbing. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.